from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we begin our number two of Big Bets here on a Tuesday. Dave Ross and Amal Shaw here at South Point. Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports standing by to talk all things NFL. Going to have Calvin Watkins join us as well down from Dallas Morning News to talk about the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. But before we do that, let's get to the pro tip from our number one. It is something that we've talked about a lot in the last two days. Because of the craziness of Week 18 of the NFL season, with the Bears now sliding into the number one pick scenario, when you look at the futures market, Okay, be very, very careful, people. I know Bryce Young, minus $1.25. Oh, he won the Heisman Trophy last year. Great year this year. He's got to be the first person picked in the draft. Well, the Bears might be going defense. The Bears might be trading out of that pick. There are a lot of scenarios, a lot of smoke screens that are going to happen between now and April, and this market will be on the move. So before you lock in today here in early January, realize in the next three months, those numbers are going to be on the move because of rumors that the GMs themselves and teams will float out there for miscommunication to try to get some teams off the scent of what they're actually going to do. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't want to speak on this too long because I'm looking forward to speaking with Frank, but 
To me, the one thing I would pay attention to is look at the draft, look at where teams are in terms of their draft capital, and also which teams need a potential quarterback. Who would be willing to move up? Yep. Have they done it historically? Take a look at certain teams if the current GM is in the same tenure that they may have been the last time they moved up or something to that effect. So just those things that I think you can narrow it down, and I think we're realistically going to have four potential guys that are the first pick. So that is the pro tip for hour number one here. Again, as a VEASAN pro subscriber, you get access to up to 20 pro tips a day across the VEASAN spectrum. You can go to VEASAN.com, sort those out by show and or by sport. But without further ado, let's bring in the aforementioned Frank Schwab. Of course, covers the NFL and sports betting for Yahoo Sports. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Yahoo Schwab. So let's make uh, let's make Frank the GM to begin this conversation off of that pro tip, Frank. Now, you are now Ryan Poles with the Chicago Bears. He'd resign because he's a Packers fan. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, what do you think the Bears are going to end up doing? I think they have to trade out of that spot and maximize their value. Or could they just stay stay put and draft the best defensive player? Yeah, and the one thing I really don't like is this whole notion that they should trade Justin Fields and draft Bryce Young. No, no, no. Let's draft a stud defensive player and build around Justin Fields finally because I think he's the goods. We don't know what these quarterbacks at the top of the draft will be. I'll say that it just makes way too much sense to move down to four Mm -hmm. with the Indianapolis Colts. Like, I mean, the Colts need a quarterback. They can't be guaranteed one at four. They're going to need to move up. The Bears can move down, and we've seen these draft pick trades that have to do with quarterbacks. I don't understand why the price goes up by twice as much if it's involving a quarterback, but it does. So the Colts are going to pay up ton to go to number one. They'll draft a quarterback. Houston drafts a quarterback, and then the Bears at four will get either Jalen Carter, who I love, the, the Georgia defensive tackle, or Will Anderson, the Alabama defensive end. They have to trade it. They have to trade down. I, to, I would. I don't know if I'd go past four unless somebody's willing to give the moon. But four makes sense. I vehemently disagree with everything Frank just said. It makes way, (laughs) way too much sense. I'm with Frank. It makes perfect sense. That's why the Bears probably won't do it. But I'm going to tell you real quick, just to add on to his point, I love Will Anderson. I I thought Will had a stellar career. I get your point on Jalen Carter. I think Will Anderson could potentially be. I think all four of these guys are going to be studs. I agree, guys. I, again, the, the Bears now sitting in that catbird seat. They're probably going to get some more capital if they do it like we we advise them to do. Still be able to maybe get another number one, trade down, and still get the defensive player they want. What a great position to be in for Ryan Poles. Let's get to the teams in the postseason here, Frank, as we get ready for what should be a wild, wild card weekend. Now, maybe on paper, some of the games look like they're going to be lopsided. The first one on the board is San Francisco hosting Seattle. And I look at this, Frank, and the numbers already come down, which is interesting to me. It was up about 10 and a half. I saw some 11s early when they, when the matchup, we knew what the matchup would be once Seattle kind of, well, they didn't backdoor their way. They got in and the Packers lose on Sunday night. And now it's down to nine and a half. That total at 43 here. We know historically here, Pete Carroll has done and fared very well against Kyle Shanahan. Now, this year didn't play out that way in the regular season. What do you make of old man Pete against the Niners? Yeah, and I, the really interesting thing about this wild card round is all six games are rematches from the regular season. And I'm not saying that always matters to, to the rematch, but they're clues. And the one thing that just stands out about this match, the Seattle Seahawks can't move the ball on the 49ers defense. Mm-hmm. They haven't two games. I don't know why that's going to change in the third matchup. And an interesting stat, you know, when I was looking up kind of the history of double-digit underdogs in the playoffs, since, 2000, since the Beastquake game, which I think was 2011, there have been 13 double-digit underdogs. Those teams are 2-11 and 11 against the spread, and there's only been one straight-up winner. So I think this is kind of a similar matchup where I just don't think Seattle could stick in this game. I think they get blown out. Seattle or San Francisco is blowing everybody out. Like, why wouldn't they blow out Seattle for basically a third straight time? I was on Seattle, that late-season game at, at Thursday night when it was at Seattle. 
they just couldn't compete. I, I knew pretty early on that I was on the wrong side of that one. Feel the same here. That just, I, I think the 49ers just blast them and, and win by double digits here. I, you know, yesterday I was a little bit lukewarm on it. And I tend to agree with you. Um, I've liked the Niners for the last several weeks. I didn't think there was going to be a drop off with Brock Purdy there. The one thing that surprised me, Frank, the lines come down half yeah. a point here. Yeah, I don't uh, get that. That's, I, I don't I, get the line move. Yeah, I don't either. I want to go to a matchup on Sunday, uh, the first game between Miami and Buffalo. Now down to 10 and a half here. I personally believe that two is not going to play. I don't know what your gut tells you or if you have information whether he's going to play or not. Um, I think the Bills are going to smoke them. And it's not based on what we saw out of Skylar Thompson last week. I watched his whole career at Kansas State. How this guy's an NFL roster is the bigger mystery. But for me, I look at Buffalo. Nobody's talking about the fact that this team's won seven in a row and they're playing extremely well. Yeah, and I agree. And the one thing, again, going back to the rematches, we we have two, it's a small sample size, we have two games where we saw the Dolphins play the Bills. The Dolphins played them well, both games. But the one thing that stood out to me, the Bills have more than 400 yards in each of those games. Mm-hmm. If we remember way back to the game, the, the Bills lost to the Dolphins early in the season, they outgained them by more than double. It was like 457 to 211 or something like that. My numbers might be a little off there. Completely dominated that game. I don't think the Dolphins can stop them. Now, I don't think Tua plays. I, I don't. At this point, you just have to give him the entire offseason. Get better. We'll, we'll see you next year. We made the playoffs. That's an accomplishment. Goes back to that stat I gave on double-digit underdogs. Not faring well for the last 11, 12 seasons. So, yeah, it feels so chalky to take double-digit favorites any time in the NFL. But I'm probably leaning towards that way with the Bills. Although I am waiting to see what the Dolphins do at quarterback. I, I think if it's Teddy Bridgewater, it gives them a little bit better of a chance. We're just going to have to see where that goes in Miami. Yeah, I'm surprised by these line moves here for the big favorites coming down a little bit, even though half point and a point here in the San Francisco game. So I'm with you guys. I like Buffalo in this one. Even if Tua were somehow to play, you just still can't stop that Bills offense. The, the Dolphins haven't done it in two matchups so far this season. Uh, so we'll see. But I'm with you guys. I don't think he will play. But, again, even in there, it wouldn't bother me if I was laying that with the Bills. Uh, let's get to the uh, second game on Saturday. That would be the Chargers against the Jaguars here. This line is Gone back and forth from one to a pick, up to one, back to pick. I think that's with the news here that Brandon Staley is going to get bailed out and some of the guys that got injured in a meaningless <laughs> game look like they're going to go in Bosa and Williams. What do you make of, of what the Chargers did to prepare for this one or not prepare and go all out like somehow beating the Broncos would be winning the Super Bowl last week? Absolutely stupid. I, I just don't, I can't, I can't <laughs> I, even – that's all there is to say about it. It was ridiculous. What's Brandon Staley doing? I, and I think, look, even if Mike Williams, Joey Bosa answer the bell in this one, are they 100%? Probably not. I, and those are two huge keys to this. Again, I hate to keep going back to the rematches, right? But we saw the Jaguars beat the Chargers 38-10 to 10 already yep. this year. Mm-hmm. And that was, I, I watched that game, and I think I was on the Chargers in that game. I can't remember. But I just remember watching it like, wow, the, the Jaguars have arrived. And, okay, it took a while for that to happen. <laughs> but in that game, they absolutely blasted the Chargers. And I don't think a lot has changed. I, I, I think that that's something, even though it happened back in September, kind of carries over. I just think this is maybe a bad matchup for the Chargers. Who, their defense still is not very good. Now, they've covered a ton of spreads this year. They've been pretty good. They haven't blown it like most Chargers teams do. But I kind of like this Jaguars team. They got kind of their playoff experience last week. That was Last week was a playoff game. No doubt about it. They got that experience. They looked jittery, but they got the win. I think they're going to be a little more comfortable this week. And I think the Jaguars went straight up. I agree with you uh, in terms of this matchup being interesting, but I'm opposite of you in terms of the game itself because the revenge, but I'm a big fan of revenge betting and chargers are a perfect example, which you alluded to in this game. 
Uh, Dave doesn't want to ask you. It's like, you know, a parent asking about their child, so he doesn't want to hear how great it is or sometimes how He's bad like their kids. He's going to like my answer. I know where you're going with it already. <laughs> but before you talk about this game, I want to ask you quickly, Dak Prescott played horribly. Is that a Week 17 game where it doesn't matter? Are you concerned at all? And then let us know your thoughts in terms of this one. Line sitting at two and a half in favor of Dallas against Tampa on Monday night in Tampa. Yeah, my, my favorite game on the board. And hey, if you like revenge, week one, remember yeah, what absolutely. happened then. The Cowboys got blasted. I, I, th- I look at the Cowboys this way. Everybody overreacts to the Cowboys. Everybody, They have one bad game, and it's the end of the world. And McCarthy's getting fired, and Dak <laughs> needs to go. Before week 18, when they knew, look, they knew the Eagles were not losing to the Giants. They knew. They mailed that game in. Before that, they had won six or seven games. And it, no, they didn't look great in every one of those games, but still a team that played really, really well in the regular season. And I love the Cowboys as much for them as just a fate of the Buccaneers. This Buccaneers team is terrible. They're 4-12-1 <laughs> and one against the spread this season. They're bad. They're a bad football team that should have gone about 5-12 and 12 if Brady doesn't bail them out in a few last-second drives. I, I just have no respect for this Buccaneers team. This whole narrative, they're like, oh, now it's the playoffs. Brady's dangerous. No, they've been a horrible team all year. They The Panthers should have won that division. I, I like everything about the Cowboys in this game, and I do think that if, if the Cowboys lose this, Mike McCarthy's got to go. Yeah. I, I really do. I I know what Jerry Jones said today. I don't care. He's got to go, and Sean Payton's got to come in as their coach because there's no excuse for losing this game to a really bad Buccaneers. And I'm with you. It feels like you know this is the old cliche loser leaves town match. I think for Bowles and for McCarthy, the loser of this game might not have a job. Uh, after this game's completed, I'm with you there, Frank. I do love the Cowboys in the spot. I love that everybody's betting the Buccaneers down under three now to two and a half. So I think it gets back to three before we get to kick. But right now, if you like the Cowboys like I do, I, I played it at two and a half, and I'm with you. It's a game, Frank, they should win on paper. Doesn't mean they will, but they should. And the Buccaneers have been terrible ATS, as you mentioned. Frank, we appreciate it as always. Each and every Tuesday, look forward to the NFL conversation. Enjoy what could be a wild, wild card weekend. We'll see. I appreciate it, guys. Thank All right, you. there is Frank Schwab, everybody. You can follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. When we come back, you want to go down under? Are we talking Aussie? You want to talk a little Aussie Open? Yes, sir. I can't wait to get your thoughts on that as the first slam of the year is set to get underway down there in Melbourne. Come on back. It's Big Bets here on Neeson, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest games, well, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriver with an introductory offer of just $9.99. The VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits are going to help you see where the money and bets are moving for every single game. Deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer, so visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99 and become part of the Sports Betting Network. That is VSIN slash subscribe. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. Keep rolling on on this Tuesday edition. Good to have Calvin Watkins join us later on this hour to talk all things Cowboys and Bucks. Can't wait to get to that. Uh, but before, because it ran out of time with Frank Schwab in the last segment from Yahoo Sports. Great job. Always catching up with Frank. One other game we did not really get to, and I just want to get your thoughts on it very quickly before we move on to the Australian Open. That would be the Giants against the Vikings. Now, the Vikings right now, this number hasn't moved. We mentioned some subtle moves in the Bills game, subtle moves in the Niners game here with some of the dogs taking some early action. This one hasn't budged. Skull laying three against the G-Men. Kelly Bidlin does not have his Vikings gear on for this. Kelly, if you don't know, has been cashing tickets on a regular basis with the Vikings, i.e. the betting public doesn't value the Vikings. Now, here comes Danny Dimes. Or the Giants. Or the Giants. No, the lines come down. Remember last time these two teams played, 27-24. It was four. I had the Giants in that game. I I thought it was the line was too high. Uh, I think this number is right where it should be, and it it feels like Minnesota, 30-27 to type of game. Okay, so to your point there. Not that high, but. That the line is where it should be means we're not finding value in that number. Yeah. Right? That the, the bookmakers, and look, bookmakers are great at what they do for a reason. They're not going to give you any free candy out there, as we say. I do like the Vikings at this number because I see a similar scenario where even if it's a, not a Joseph 61-yarder at the gun to win the game, but I do think the Vikings are the right, they, they should be three-point favorites, right? They're playing better football. I know we've got the narrative on the Vikings now, and it's set in stone. Right, it's a gimmicky team. They figure out ways to win, but they're really not as good as a record. I actually think they're playing better defensively now. We're really looking at this team 
a big picture, that they're starting to figure it out a little bit defensively. The Giants still struggle to score, right? It's still a struggle for them to score. Kelly, you all over the Vikings this week? Or, or to Amal's point, this number is lined correctly, and you're really not finding a lot of value there in the Vikings. I'll have a small pregame bet on it if it if I see a two and a half. I, I know there was a couple shops that opened two and a half. Ooh. It's basically painted three now everywhere. Uh, I, I'm with you guys. I, look, I think it's going to be a tight game. To me, both these teams are – this is the overrated bowl, right? Both these teams kind of – outperformed what we really think they are this entire regular season. I, I, I'm fine saying that about the Vikings. Uh, but otherwise, I, I think this could be a good live betting game, too. I, I mean, Vikings, we know, have, have a strong offense, and these are two of the worst defenses in the league playing this weekend. So, um, yeah, I, that's kind of how I'm approaching this one. I'll, I'll be on it small if I see a two and a half. And also that game a couple weeks ago, what, Christmas Eve, I believe the number was 49 and a half for the total, and somehow it got there. It was – a dead under, I think it was 13 10 fourth quarter, and then all hell broke loose. In regular, didn't even get to overtime, right? That thing ends up with that Joseph field goal, and again, the Giants went down for a late score, went for two, got it, tied it up at 28, and then the Vikings get that 31 28 win. But it felt like it was never an over game until it went over. Do we see another tight one early in this one and then maybe open up the skies, open up again? Could be, but I, you know, I think there was a block punt in that yeah, game. Yeah, late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and then, of course, the Giants rally and then the uh, game-winning field goal there by Minnesota at the Horn. But, I, you know, this is, to me, probably the toughest betting game from the whole weekend. Mm. Um, and now it depends on where you come out. Uh, I look at the – I know Frank liked the Jaguars. I don't know where you come out on that game, but I like the Chargers. I like the Chargers. I do, too. With the health um, news. With the what, I'm sorry? With the health, the news that Mike Williams both are going to go. I was really going, man, I don't know if I can back them with that. They're arguably the two best players not named Justin Herbert playing. I, I thought they were very fortunate. I, you know, I thought Jacksonville, I said last week on the show, I think the final score is going to be 20 to 17 in the Jacksonville Tennessee game. It ends up being 20 to 16. And to me, you knew what Tennessee was going to do, and you still really couldn't stop them. Right. They moved the ball. They just couldn't capitalize when they got down in towards Jacksonville territory. Um, I look at this matchup here as. To me, this is an in-game opportunity. That's where you take it. I think the other ones are a little bit unbalanced. I think there's some better opportunities out there. But if somebody says, hey, they love the Giants, you know, they love the Vikings, I don't think it's a bad play. Sure. I, I just think it's a tougher game in my opinion. I'm with you guys. So again, that could be a good in-game spot to hop in on. That. What could be another crazy one between the Vikings and the Giants like we saw just a couple weeks ago. Okay, again, we'll talk more NFL playoffs later on in this hour with Calvin Watkins. But let's get to the NBA here very quickly before we go down under and talk some tennis. Cavaliers now are going to lay three. I think they've been a revelation so far in the early part of the NBA season, at least in the Eastern Conference. The Jazz were that team, that surprise team early uh, in the West. They're starting to get to what we thought the Jazz would be. What about the Cavs going all the way there to Salt Lake City here, laying a small number on the road tonight? Well, I don't think they're traveling to Russia, so they'll be okay. <laughs> but more importantly to me, when I look at it, big return game for Donovan Mitchell. Yep. Yeah. So what I find interesting, and the reason why I was interested in talking about this matchup is, does Utah, the team, come out and kind of, hey, they get up for it, you know, we can do it without Donovan Mitchell? Or do the Cavaliers respond for their guy and say, hey, you know, we got your back? So um, I don't like the number, mm. but I think it's going to be a competitive game, and I think this is the game you look for some better numbers on the in play on both sides. I think it's going to be a, a very competitive game tonight. Yeah, I know JVT is on the Cavs pregame. That, that was, I guess, my strongest lean of the day was Cavs 
I'm going to be looking at them to hop in live. I, I do think this line is pretty spot on, actually, of what it should be between these two teams. We have seen the Jazz not playing uh, nearly as well recently. I think 10 and 20 in their past 30 games now is what they sit at. Um, so, yeah, this is the one I kind of had some interest in tonight, but it, it's going to be only in-game action for me. Uh, otherwise, just quickly through the rest of the NBA card, I don't know if has, there was anything you're actually looking at betting, but a lot of injuries out there today, a yeah. lot of big spreads. you got the Pistons, the Sixers. It looks like uh, Steph Curry will be making his return tonight in Golden State. Suns visiting there. Uh, you got the Magic at the Blazers. Magic catching eight there. Mavericks at Clippers. A lot of injury. Uh, questionable guys there, uh, including Luka Doncic, uh, who has been upgraded to probable Paul George out of that game tonight. So definitely one of those days to look at the injury report before you go betting. Yeah, as well as Mr. 95% from the free throw line, Luke Kennard. Um, wow. you know, this Clippers team, the injuries seem to always besiege them. And I think that's one of the issues there. I, I think to me, Kelly, I'm glad you brought up that Clippers game. That to me feels like, okay, you're getting a point and a half with LA. I, I'm looking for an in-game opportunity here, Dave, at some point in time clips down, maybe you get four and a half, five and a half or something like that. And you take a shot with the Clippers. Um, I, I don't want to back Dallas, you know, Kelly referenced the game, uh, the ankle issue for mm-hmm. Luca. Uh, that's not a game I'm going to bet. Uh, very quickly, I don't know if it's official if Steph Curry's going to be making his return tonight for Golden State, but look at the number. Upgraded to probable, Dave, so Upgr- he, he's okay. expected to go. Yeah. Okay, so upgraded to probable. We think we get the return of Steph tonight at home. You talk about a mash unit, Paging Hawkeye and Pierce for the Suns, and all of a sudden Phoenix is going to get 12 and a half on the road against Golden State. I- well, Golden State's just been a different team home and away. They have, but I don't think this number's high enough. When you look at the injuries right now it's for the not. Suns, Woo! Chris Paul, um, Devin Booker, Cam, Cam Payne, Cam Johnson, Devin Booker, uh, DeAndre Aiden, all out. Um, I don't think this number's high enough. I think the Warriors cover the number. If I had to guess, Omo, I would think that is 75% of their scoring out wow. tonight. Well, just looking at the top scores for them, Booker, Aiden, Bridges is the only one there in there that I mentioned. Right. But five of the top six scores for this team are out in tonight's game. And with Steph back, and it's, I, I dare I say, only 12 and a half. That, I, I think you guys are right on the right side yeah. here. It's still not a pregame play for me, though, right? I, I, even, no, I even don't have a problem doing it. And here's the other thing. Six out of seven, and Landry Shamit's a game-time decision. Another guy who can actually score a little bit, yeah. So is Rex Chapman playing for the Suns tonight? I mean, what are we doing? <laughs> Barkley going to get out there? I don't know, but any team Chris Paul is on that stinks, I'm more than happy to support going downhill. <laughs> so, again, I know Kelly might wait for the better in-game number if that presents itself. I don't know that it will. Amal, you don't mind playing this one before we get to tip. I do not. I didn't realize that there were this many injuries on the wow. Suns that guys were going to be out. I think, look, for me, Steph, in the lineup or not, obviously you don't want to discount it, but coming back off of a layoff, that's yeah. a concern. But I think the way Clay's playing, this uh, the Suns team in a bad spot right now, I think this could be blowout city. And again, very quickly, look at the total at 230 and a half. Maybe Steph's rusty a little bit, but how is Phoenix going to score? Like, but, how does this number get over that total here of 230 and a half? Because if the Suns are down 25 in the fourth quarter, it turns into open gym. Okay. And then you may have an opportunity. No but fouls I, call. We just go up and down the court, way up city. Yeah, nobody's really playing defense, yeah, right? That, like, that 12th guy on the bench loves to get out there and score some buckets, Dave. And, <laughs> if we get a blowout scenario, the, the refs don't want to blow the whistle. Just go ahead and, and take it to the hoop and, and get your layups. I think we talked about this. It was oh, the yeah. Northwestern Ohio State game. There was a shot clock violation on the Buckeyes up 17 with about one second remaining. And so the young 
younger of the three officials caused a shot clock violation. They had two experienced guys go, get the hell off the floor. We're not having an inbounds play with one second remaining in a 17-point game. I wish they'd done that in the Jets and Dolphins games. Just forget that and make the final score 9-6 instead of the safety. But I saw the official put his arms up two points at the end of the game. All right, when we come back, we're going down under. Let's talk tennis. Australian Open, pick them all's brain there of what we like maybe in the futures market there as we get ready for the first slam of the four in the major tennis season. Come on back. It is Big Bets here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Back here as we continue our number two of Big Bets here on Visa and Dave Ross and Amal Shaw. Going to have uh, Calvin Watkins join us later on this hour from the Dallas Morning News to talk all things Cowboys and Buccaneers. But we do have the first slam getting ready to go get underway this weekend down under in Melbourne, Australia, as we have the Australian Open. And again, if you recall last year, they weren't allowing Novak Djokovic to go over there and play. I believe he's going to be able to go. And that's good news because we want to see the best players and some of the greatest of all time to play as we have Novak Djokovic as the betting favorite to win the Australian Open at minus $1.10. What's intriguing to me is the second betting favorite. It's not Rafa at all here on these hard courts over there in Melbourne. He's at 12 to 1 as the third betting favorite, but it's Daniil Medvedev at 6 to 1. And then you get the curious Nick Kyrgios at 14 to 1. Sispidus uh, there at 16 to 1 for Stephanos. And then we get on down the board with some longer shots as we go. Is this a tournament that is Novak or bust? Or can we finally look for some other guys with Roger Federer now retired as we begin this major season? And we start to potentially see a changing the guard on the men's side. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen just yet. And Joker at minus 110, I still think it's a good bet. Normally speaking, to win a tournament, you wouldn't sit there and say somebody's a good bet at that price. But, um, you know, if Medvedev matches up against Joker in the final, the draw will come out, I believe, on Friday. I don't think you'll see this much of a price on Novak. So I don't think it's a bad take. Remember, Novak didn't play last year, which you referenced, Dave. He had won the previous three Australian Mm -hmm. Opens. He's won this tournament nine times. He is very much at home here and in the grass courts at Wimbledon. This guy has been dominant. Look, Rafa was tremendous coming back last year against uh, Medvedev and that one down two sets, but I just don't see it happening around for him happening for him this time around. I think it's Joker. The other only other person I would play is Medvedev at this point in time. This is a two horse race in my opinion. And this thing is, this is not much interest this year in the AO just because it's not that competitive at the top. Wait a minute, so you're saying you're, are you saying t- you're saying take Djokovic before the draw? Yeah, minus one ten. Okay, because you be know on that's what I do like every yeah. Grand Slam now. I just bet Djokovic and Mufon. Well, here's the thing: it, well, us- it usually uh, results in a positive, positive, especially win. Yeah. down in, down in Melbourne. <laughs> I mean, he has been so dominant. He didn't play last year. He already won a tune-up tournament um, last week. Uh, you know, he he's going to be just fine. Well, the thing is, when you mention. Joker's won this tournament nine times. That's like Borg, Wimbledon. We're talking about, you know, Fed, Wimbledon. Like, I don't know why it's like Nadal at the French. Yeah. Why is it because it's out of the four slams, it's the one that's least, I don't want to say least regarded, but it doesn't have the notoriety of the French Open. It doesn't have Wimbledon's history. It doesn't have U.S. attached to the United States Open, right? It's almost the sleepiest of the four majors. So is it almost... 
underappreciated what Djokovic has been able to do down there in Melbourne. 100%. You're absolutely right. You know, for the rest of the, you know, the majority of the tennis playing world where the tournaments take place, it's wintertime. The time zones are a big factor. If you look on the East Coast in New York, these matches are going to start probably somewhere around 7, 8 o'clock Eastern time. And then you're going to go through the middle of the night. And so it's very difficult for people to keep up with. I can remember when I was in Dallas, I watched the Australian Open. It would come on at 3 in the morning. Right. And so... You know, it's difficult from a start time because they play at night in Melbourne on the finals. So it's difficult for people to pay attention to when you look at Paris, uh, New York, and London. It's just so much easier from a time zone perspective, stateside and in Europe. I think that's why you just don't see the affinity for it. But, you know, players love the tournament. I think it's a great tournament. Um, Wimbledon is obviously the most prestigious. Yeah. The French is, in my opinion, the most difficult because the rallies and how long it is on clay. And the U.S. Open it's kind of like a celebrity driven tournament. It's big. It's in New York. It's a, you know, so all those things are a factor, at least for the courts, right? The U S open and the Aussie open are, are pretty, you know, the hard, true courts, right? This is like the closest to the U S open equivalent, right? What we get, the playing conditions in Australia. Now it's hot. It's hotter than yeah. what, what you're going to get when you get to the U S open. That does factor into the handicap. Is there anybody else just that you might take a flyer on that could make a run maybe to the semis and then figure out hedge opportunities if we think Novak is going to be the rightful winner at the end of the day at minus ten? I'm looking at a guy like Matteo Berrettini who can be, I think, a better effective player maybe on this surface, a Casper Rude per se. And then Kyrgios is a guy that's got all the talent, but we just don't know where his head's at all the time. Yeah, you summarize Nick perfectly. It's hard to back him because you don't know how engaged he's going to be. Remember last year with him and Kokonakis, they win the doubles, so maybe that'll kind of spill over and show some positive momentum for him playing in his home country. Um, I think Rafa's a guy you can bet to get to the semis. Then he's looking at potentially Medvedev or Joker, depending on which side of the draw it comes out on, and maybe if you want to hedge there. Um, everybody else to me is a crapshoot. You mentioned Berrettini uh, had some injuries, hasn't played well down mm -hmm. the stretch. I think right now it's tough because you don't have enough idea of how well guys are playing. Uh, the turnaround time from the offseason into this is very quickly. You have two tournaments you could play. Uh, most guys elect to play one of the tournaments. You don't want to be worn out when you get into the five-setters. Uh, so I, I think it's really tough from that standpoint. Um, the one thing about the Australian Open, a little bit slower surface compared to the U.S. Open on a hard court, so you don't have as much of an advantage for some of the bigger servers. And Alcaraz won't be able to go either. One, one of the shining stars, young stars in the game uh, with his injury situation, so we'll be missing him at the AO uh, this year. Let's flip it over to the women's side yeah. here and see what you how you handicap this. You look at uh, Shviatek here at 2-1. to one. Iga is the, the smallest betting favorite. You see Pagula there at 12-1. to one. Uh, Sabalenka there at six to one, you know, we're seeing some of the normal names and some American flavor up there, of, of course, with Coco Golf at 14 to one. How do you break down the, the top women potentially to win this thing? Well, look, I think the odds are too short uh, as well as Ego's played the last couple of years. She's not dominant enough in a level of a Serena prime, uh, Steffi Graf, Monica Sellis or Martina or Chris Everett, where you go, don't worry about it. they're going to be there. I mean, she should probably get into the semis fairly comfortably, but Pagula's playing well. Mm -hmm. I like what she's been able to do. Shabor had a great year last year. Caroline Garcia has gotten herself back into form last year. Remember, she's a former number five in the world. Coco Goff won a tune-up tournament down under. She's starting to play well, really kind of getting into her, uh, really where you would expect her to be at a level that she can be really dangerous. Um, Rybakina is one that uh, won a Grand Slam last year. 
uh, you know, Danielle Collins got to the Grand Slam final but lost to um, Ash Barty here at the Australian Open last year. I think Collins is a player to keep uh, an eye on. She's dangerous. I love the way Collins competes, former University of Florida player. Um, can really get out there and compete. So, again, no Barty. Obviously, Serena not there. It, it, this is like, again, no Fed for the men's side. We're finally starting to see new names possibly pop up in, in these slams here. Is there anybody? You mentioned Shvitek is not a good play at 2-1. to one. The number isn't long enough for you. Is there anybody that may be off the radar that we're going to have to start putting on the radar? Yeah, you know, uh, real quick, want to correct one thing. Collins played at Virginia, was from Florida. I'm sorry, okay. let me correct that. Uh, in terms of on the women's side, I, I think, you know, uh, we just saw Emma Raducanu go down with an injury. She's a player to keep an eye out for uh, because she's had success in the past. But, uh, Dave, I got to tell you, it's kind of a crapshoot. Yeah. Ludmilla Samsonova, she could lose in the first round or she could make the final. <laughs> and, you know, to me, that that's the thing right now. You just don't have the consistency. I can make a compelling argument. We've got probably about 12 to 14 people on this list. Mm -hmm. I can give you a reason why at any of the odds, Paula Bedosa, 28 to one beats uh, Annette Contabate last night in straight sets. She's a player that could be dangerous here. Andrescu grand slam winner in the past. Zhang out of China, great serve inconsistent at times. I mean, every one of these players we've gone through, I can make a pro argument for, and then, of course, I'll make an anti one in a second. I'm so, just hoping Pagula makes a nice run. I'm always worried about that family's financial situation. You know what I mean? They need every dollar they can get. I well, think they're going to be okay. I, that's why I always talk about when we are off air about Kelly, just the generosity. Yeah, his, right? His, the concern. His concern <laughs> for the greater good uh, besides himself, it never stops. You just got to give him a ton of credit. What are they, they own, like, every sports franchise in Buffalo? Yeah, yeah so pretty much. For people unfamiliar, the Pagulas own the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres. Obviously, they're in Western New York. So again, I think financially they're going to be okay if she doesn't make a run. But at twelve to one, that's her number right now to win the Aussie Open. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you why I'm a huge Pagula fan because she competes, but her yeah. her emotions never get too high or too low. Danielle Collins has kind of like got my temperament very high, very low, <laughs> and so you know she's you know she goes off the boil too quickly. Um, but you like players like Pagula who can kind of keep their wits about them. And I know we want to sometimes to back you know our countrymen and women here. Yeah. So you look at Coco Golf at fourteen to one. We mentioned Pagula at twelve to one, the, the smallest uh, favorite on the board there for the American side, and Collins at twenty eight to one. Can they really be viable? Because again, yes. they're, they're up there on that first page. Look, every one of these players on this list can beat any one of the other players on this list. Okay. So there's no clear cut, even though Schweitzak at two to one is the betting favorite, the Americans could have their say. This is not like a Novak situation where you go, listen, we've got arguably the greatest men's player playing in a tournament where you just don't have enough challengers. All right. So I can't wait uh, to see how that tournament plays out at the Aussie open. Again, we're going to have Calvin Watkins join us in the next segment very quickly before we get a break. There was big news today. Roquan Smith got paid yeah. by the Ravens big time to become uh, what the highest paid linebacker uh, that we've seen here with that news. Roquan Smith represented himself in this negotiation. The reason why I bring that up, that's what Omar Jackson is trying to do here with the Ravens as well. Is this a good sign if you're Omar Jackson to say, okay, Roquan got paid. He represented himself. I can do the same thing. Yeah, but Roquan's also been a couple of time uh, all pro, not yep. just a pro bowler, all pro. So he, he's been at a tr tremendous level so far. All right, so that trade again from the Bears going to the Ravens. He's now going to be a Raven for a long time to come. When we come back, let's talk all things Cowboys. Can't wait with Calvin Watkins from the Dallas Morning News before their big playoff contest with the Bucks. Come on back. It is Big Bets on VC. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, 
Oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. With the start of the new year, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance Bet, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and much more. It is a whole new ball game. Back alongside them all, Shaw, I want to give our pro tip for hour number two here on Big Bets. We just talked about the Australian Open, how it's kind of wide open maybe for the women's side here, and maybe Eva Schwiatek. At two to one isn't the best betting number on the men's side. That is not the same situation. If you want to get down on the Joker making his return to the Australian open, remember he didn't play there last year. He's won the event nine times. I don't remember Novak winning it nine times. He has, you're probably going to get the best number now on the Joker at minus a dollar 10 other than waiting, because as the tournament goes, that number is going to get bigger and bigger in the favor of Joker. So if you like Novak Djokovic in his return to the Australian Open, you might want to think about playing that number, Amal Shaw, right now. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think a good opportunity. The number's only going to start to go down, and you look elsewhere. DraftKings got a great number at minus 110, but it's even shorter other places already. That is the pro tip for hour number two as you look to handicap the Australian Open. Again, you have access as a VEASAN Pro subscriber up to 20 pro tips a day. 
as a VEASAN Pro subscriber. You go to VEASAN.com. You can sort those out by show and or by sport. So while that might look like the way to go here in the Australian Open, I wonder what the way to go is for the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night before their wild card matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from all on that. Let's bring in Calvin Watkins. Love talking to Calvin, of course, covers Cowboys for the Dallas Morning News. Follow him on Twitter at Calvin Watkins. Calvin, I'm already nervous as a Cowboy backer here. That number's come down from three to two and a half here before they go to take on the Buccaneers. We know They've opened up the season with the Bucs the last two years, and that's meant that the Cowboys have started off with an L in their ledger to begin the last two years. Will history repeat on Monday night, or will the Cowboys finally figure out a way to beat Tom Brady? I think uh, I think Dallas might beat Tom Brady here. Um, yeah, what the interesting thing is Tom Brady is 7-0 lifetime against the Cowboys, and 2-0 with the Bucs. Then I found out Tom Bowles is 2-0 and against the Cowboys. He beat him in his first year when he was the head coach of the Jets, and he beat him, obviously, this year uh, with Tom, you know, as, when he took over for Bruce Arians. So, uh, so the Cowboys have not beaten these two guys, but Tampa Bay has struggled so much this season that I think it's time for the Cowboys to kind of uh, get the monkey off their back, so to speak. How concerned are you about Dakota Prescott's performance last week against Washington, or do you chalk that up to basically a game that Dallas knew Philly wasn't going to lose and they were kind of going through the motions? I don't like the first name of Dakota, but uh, I'm glad you call him Dak. But <laughs> I, 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 am <laughs> I am concerned about the, the turnovers. Uh, 15 in 12 games, that's a lot. Um, now, all turnovers are not created equal. So when you look at all the interceptions, and we're talking about 15 interceptions for Dak, uh, we looked at it, seven of them were not his fault. Uh, receiver guy catch the ball, doesn't catch it, someone else picks it off, goes the other way. Uh, some of it is, you know, you got to block someone, guy falls into your arm, goes to the other team. Uh, sometimes receiver runs the wrong route, we've seen that. So you take seven to 15 away, eight and seven to 15, right? So you got eight interceptions that's on the quarterback in 12 games. And that, to me, is a lot. So it does concern me, especially there is no tomorrow when, when you play on Monday night. Because once you lose, you're sitting at home, you know, on decent watching one more bet on an Australian Open, right? <laughs> so the bottom line is you got to make plays. So, yeah, I am concerned about these interceptions because you don't have a week 12. You don't have a week 13. You don't have a week 14. You got, I'm going to my couch for the week. So, yeah, he, he's got he's to settle them down, definitely. Calvin, you know how this works, and you know this being in Dallas and covering this football team. They have a bad performance against the Commanders on a Sunday, and I turn on the national media, and all I hear is Mike McCarthy's now coaching for his job against the Buccaneers. He's won 12 games here in the last two years with this unit. I know that Kellen Moore, when they win, he gets the praise. When they lose, it goes to McCarthy. Is that accurate? Should it be that way? Or are we kind of overlooking what is sometimes Kellen Moore in the game planning for the offense when it goes south? Kellen Moore has been the issue. Um, you know, McCarthy's not calling the plays. McCarthy is helping the game plan. Uh, so Kellen could call a better game. I don't think McCarthy's job is on the line. That's an easy thing to talk about. Oh, his job is on the line. Everybody's job is on the line every week. The only way I think McCarthy 
loses his job is if they get beat like 56 to 3 in Tampa. Mm. Then you got to say, what are we doing here? You, you know what I'm saying? Right. But McCarthy's not going anywhere. As you said, the Cowboys have won 12 games back to back seasons. Um, you know, you figure you win 12 games, you should win the division, right? Well, right. Philly was just on a tear. You know what I'm saying? And the Cowboys, the last time the Cowboys went to the playoffs in back to back seasons, the three of us were, weren't even born. <laughs> Dan Gailey was the head coach of the Dallas Football Cowboys. That's not how long ago it's been. So you've got to give McCarthy a little bit of credit here for getting this team in a, in a, in a, in a positive situation. Yeah, uh, what's, what's your boy in New Orleans? You know, Sean Payton. Sean Payton. you got to give up a lot. you got to give up a lot to get Sean Payton. You know, you got to pay him a billion dollars, give up a billion picks. <laughs> Jerry Jones is not trying to do that right now. So you stick with Mike McCarthy, you win or lose on Monday night. Speaking of books, and we were talking about the draft earlier, check out Calvin's book, On the Clock, Dallas Cowboys, Behind the Scenes, Dallas Cowboys at the NFL Draft. We were talking about the first pick in the draft, Calvin. It's going to be interesting to see what will happen. And I saw Cal McNair's reaction when the Texans hit the Hail Mary. Mm. Um, from your perspective, if you were the Bears, uh, having covered the NFL for a long time, are you looking to move down if the right offer comes along, or do you potentially take one of those two defensive players there because it appears they're going to go with Justin Fields still at quarterback? You know, if I'm the Bears, uh, you try to get as many picks as possible, but I don't want to move too far down. You know, uh, if I'm Houston and they got the second pick, and they need a quarterback, um, and there's going to be three quarterbacks, I think, taken within the first 15 selections, I believe. Yeah. Uh, if I'm Chicago, I don't want to go too far down because I got some holes myself to, to fix. But, yeah, I get, I get one of those, those pass rushers and take him number one overall. And then Houston, that's when the draft starts. You get your quarterback, and then here we go. So, um, you know, sometimes it's okay to stay where you are. It's okay because a lot of times a lot of these quote-unquote executives in these NFL front offices, they don't know what they're doing either. You know, like the Jets, they drafted a quarterback, and that, now they try to get rid of his behind after almost three years, you know, it, less than that. So and they drafted him pretty high. So you really don't know. What you're getting half the time, but to answer your question, if I'm Chicago, I stay where I'm at, get me a pass rusher, and keep it moving. Yeah, Jets keep getting these top five picks, and they keep going the Sam Darnold route, and then the Zach Wilson route, and it doesn't look like it's doing them any good getting these high picks and drafting these quarterbacks very high. Very quickly, you know, Maul referenced it there with the Texans. I know you're in Dallas, but what was it like there in the great state of Texas after the Texans figured out a way to not get the number one pick on Sunday? I don't think anybody really cared. The Texans, <laughs> they like the Clippers. Nobody cares about them. <laughs> Nobody cares. It's Dallas a bus. 100%. That's very true. Jerry used to, right? Remember, we used to go down to San Antonio for training camp. There's all different places. They've, they've been all over the state. Jerry owns the state. We know that. <laughs> uh, Kevin, I want to ask you real quick. In the NFC East, you follow the Giants closely. They got a tough matchup against Minnesota. Minnesota, three-point favorite at home. They beat the Giants 27-24 earlier this year. Um, you give an edge one way or the other. I think it's a tough game to call. I think it really comes down to a play or two here in a last-minute uh, possession here. Yeah, it depends if you trust um, Kirk Cousins. You know, he's, he's so unpredictable. And the Giants, you know, I remember they had that fast start early in the year, then they kind of slumped a little bit. Um, they had a lot of – they had some health issues, and now they, they took all their starters off for the last game of the season. I thought it was a smart thing. Um, I, I really like Brian Dayball. If there was going to be an upset of all the games in Super Wild Card Weekend, that would be one. I would take the Giants. But just because of the unpredictability of Kirk Cousins, that man might throw four interceptions in the ball game. You, know, you don't know what's going to happen with that dude. 
So, you know, and I would take the Giants. I, I like the Giants. Uh, I'm not I'm not scared of the Vikings at all. Because the Cowboys went to Minnesota and, and blew them out, you know, in, in, this, in that nice little arena they got there, U.S. Bank Stadium. And so I'm not a big believer in the Vikings like, like maybe others are. Very quick. Cowboys got about 30 seconds. Cowboys are about 5-1 to one to win the NFC. Can this team get on a roll, even though everybody's got that bad taste in their mouth from a week ago? They're going to roll to Tampa and beat them, and then they get to Philly, and that's it. Ooh. So you can roll to Philly. That's, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> the roll stops <laughs> in the city of Brotherly Shove. Hey, Cowboys, we appreciate it. <laughs> that roll's not going very far. We appreciate it. Uh, great stuff with the Dallas Morning News. And, uh, again, can't wait to see what happens on Monday night. Appreciate you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. There he is, Calvin Watkins. Everybody does a great job covering the Cowboys. He says it stops in Philly if it gets past Tampa, and that's it, Amal. It's not getting past Tampa. <laughs> uh, great show, as always. I want to thank Calvin and certainly uh, Frank Schwab for joining us as well. Don't go anywhere. The final countdown is next here on Visa. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.